Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, a look at local golf, including MHSAA Boys Golf Regionals. Hunter sits down with Tim Pierce, PGA professional at Birmingham Country Club, fresh off his PGA Championship appearance at Kiowa Island Resort. Jason Kokrak takes down Jordan Spieth at Colonial, and we get a full preview and our picks for the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village this weekend in Dublin, Ohio. Let's go! 25 hours later, here we are. Full hot diggity dog. Against all odds. Alright, so... Episode 11, Great Lakes Golf Podcast. Let's roll. Let's get through this. Dorothy Heston is going to be coming downstairs to nap in like 52 minutes. So let's keep it tight. Yeah. Um, before we get to the Tim Pierce interview, who, of course, is the uh, club pro at Birmingham Country Club who played in the PGA Championship and played pretty well. Do you want to just quickly give us an inside look at just how bad your uh, your putting is or, or your do you want to run through that whole rigmarole again? Yeah. Um, well, actually, so this this is um, as as you're probably realizing, we're we're a day behind releasing this, and luckily enough, I had Tuesday night league last night, um, and I felt oh, terrific. And I so I, I put a new grip on the old Scotty, and I wouldn't say I made any more putts because I because I didn't, but I felt very good over it. It's just like it's a 1.0 super stroke, so it's a lot skinnier than that monstrosity of a grip I had on there before. Oh, it's slimmer than what you had. A lot slimmer. Yeah, it's it's Okay. So actually I really I mean it fits the it fits the putter a lot better um for the type of putter it is and I think so you're kind of holding it a little bit more in your fingers now than in your palms. Exactly. Yeah, and I I I almost went like straight pistol. Like original back to um mm-hmm. like very very skinny um because so i think I, I feel the putt a lot better with those but i just get like a crunch time putt over a four footer on 18 i don't know if that's you want something a little bit keep those hands a little calmer um so no i actually so i didn't make any putts i i but it, it feels it feels better than what this weekend uh was an absolute. It was just it was a disaster from from start. When you to played finish. with a different putter and then switched back to the Scotty. Yeah, yeah. I, I lasted uh, five holes. We, we played Memorial Memorial Day, and I started on five. Joined a group on five, and I lasted yeah five through nine. Made a foot and a half worth of putts, so I called it a day with that Scotty. Um. And I, I think this is this is for the best, you know. This You're is, so bougie. You're just going from Scotty to Scotty. Uh, if I had anything else that was worth mentioning to to give a try, I would. I would. I would. Well, speaking of things not worth mentioning, I would bore everyone with my own terrible golf game. But let's just say that my irons will catch up at some point, and I'll be in good enough form come Cook Cup, which is like I can't even believe this but like not that far away no um i will be ready to to 
beat up on you and your brother Mitch once again. That's all that matters to me. It's actually, it's funny enough that you mentioned that. I So my sister is still in town. She works at the country club. Um, and Mitch is out of town. He's down in Rochester area uh, going to summer school so he can graduate in the fall. And um, I asked Audrey yesterday, I was like, does Mitchell still play golf? Because I haven't, like, I haven't talked to him. He hasn't really said if he's been playing. So I hope if he is playing, his handicap is reflecting, reflecting that. And we can hopefully, because it worked out. I played terrible the first year we played together. He played terrible the second year. So I think now, third year, it, may, it would make sense that we both play somewhat well together. Well, that's a very positive well, spin yeah. that you've you've uh, you've managed to come up with there. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's rare that those those positive comments come out, but here's one. All right. Do you want to quickly set up this set up this interview with Tim Pierce for us and just tell everybody what they're going to hear here over the course of the next half hour, or whatever it is? Yeah, we have as as Peter mentioned uh, in the beginning, we had the the chance or the privilege of interviewing uh, Tim Pierce from Birmingham Country Club, uh, one of the two club professionals to make it in the PGA couple weeks ago at Kiowa, uh, we sat down for 25, 30 minutes and uh, just talked about w- what his expectations were going into the event, what his thought was, uh, maybe who, who, who he enjoyed playing with, who he got to play with, uh, just his overall experience uh, at Kiowa. Um, Tim is a, a fantastic guy. Um, you, you could tell how, how, how grateful he was, humbled he was. Uh, for this moment, he's got a super busy summer that we talked about just a little bit uh, with U.S. Open qualifying, potentially playing in the U.S. Open, if not playing in the U.S. Open, uh, Michigan Open. So he has uh, a busy summer schedule that we will make sure to, to keep everyone updated on as uh, as we move forward. All right, cool. Let's get into it. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, uh, welcome to episode kind of 10 and a half, 11 of uh, Great Lakes Golf Podcast. We have uh, Tim Pierce, who was uh, one of two uh, Michigan PGA professionals to play in the uh, PGA Championship uh, this past weekend at Kiowa Island. Tim, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Hunter. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, uh, like I was saying, so we have Tim Pierce on. Tim, just give me... Give me a little bit of how how you were feeling. So we're it's Thursday morning now. So you've been home since what Monday, Sunday night? Yeah, I got home Monday. I was actually able to stay through Sunday and enjoy that whole uh, history in the making. So uh, I got back Monday, and uh, yeah, feeling and how have things how have things felt? I mean, it's got to be a little bit different getting back to getting back to work. Does it feel different? Just yeah, trying, trying it's just to like, it's like weird. normal. You know, I quali- qualified for the PGA Championship, and I was able to come back to work for two weeks in between events. And it's kind of like it's just a weird thing where you get back and and you want to get back to work, and you're excited to see everybody and and about what you just did, but you're still trying to work, and you kind of <laughs> know like the biggest week of your life's coming up. It's just kind of a weird feeling there, but uh, to kind of get away for a week, kind of have a mini vacation, and um, you know, just enjoy basically living a dream for a week and and being one of those guys for one week uh, was incredible. And then, you know, coming back, we're just 
still on a high. I'm, I'm starting to come down a little bit. We're busy at work, but uh, yeah, jumping right back into it. We got we're busy here at Birmingham, so you know there's there's uh, you know it's just it's full go here. So um, we have a renovation starting August 1st to do our green. So our so our season's even extra condensed. Uh, so every day is filled. So, but it, I'm excited to be back. You know, everyone was so excited for me to do what I did last week, and uh, you know, there's still a buzz around here. It was, it was nice to do that for our membership. But uh, yeah, we're right back out of here. I can, yeah, I can imagine they're uh, more than proud to to have you as a assistant there. To say, oh, well, for they're, sure, they're yeah, you know, it's, connection. Yeah, no, it, it's so cool. Like I told everybody, it's it's like. You know, I'm super happy for myself, but I'm super happy for, you know, my family getting to experience all that, my friends getting to experience all that, and especially all these members that, you know, really came together and they were watching it all together in the men's grill. And, you know, we had a big jumbotron outside for, for you know, Saturday and, and you know, having that out on a nice day out here, they're all able to watch it with each other and they're, you know, all the group chats that they had going and, you know, did you see what Tim just did? I mean, it's, it's like endless stuff that, uh, you know, I've been getting sent reaction videos and, you know, videos of me on TV doing my interviews, just really cool <laughs> stuff. So they're all, they're all geeked up about it. It's pretty cool. Who did you, uh, you mentioned you got, you had the chance to stay there through the weekend going into Sunday. Who did you think was going to win? You know, I, it's who did I think was going to win compared to who I wanted to win? Yeah, that hard, yeah, hard guys, head, yeah, you know, same. exactly. <laughs> so it's like Phil. He's just I, I personally like Phil a lot. I think he's a great guy, and and uh, you know, for him to to be really cool with the fans throughout his career is is pretty special to watch. And he's obviously the fan favorite. So I showed up. Um, you know, not really. You know, I, I knew he played well the first three days. It's just it's a matter of Sunday at a major golf tournament is completely different. And when you're paired with Brooks Kepka, who's won that thing twice, I think, and he's just a, he's a very uh, strong competitor in those major championships. It was hard to think that Phil could hold on, but uh, especially the lead flipped after the first hole, Phil free putted for bogey and Brooks knocked in a birdie putt and boom, Brooks was the leader after the first hole. So it was kind of hard to think Phil was going to do it, but man, it was cool to watch, watch him pull it off. And, uh, you know, for to witness history like that, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be passed as as the uh, the oldest guy to win a major. So to be there and, and uh, with my buddies and getting to watch that whole, you know, experience with them and and uh, you know, hopefully imagine myself there one day. So really, really cool day. Um, awesome to watch Phil pull it off. I was there on 18 with all my buddies and that that huge mob. Uh, fortunately I wasn't one of the idiots that was trying to tackle Phil, but, uh, <laughs> oh, man, no. Crazy. but, uh, yeah, it was incredible, man. Incredible experience. Best week of my life by far. So, uh, before we like talk, talk more about really in depth about the PJ championship, let's start at the, uh, at the PJ professional championship. So, sure. uh, it looks like you, after round three, what, where were you in the standings? I, I see rounds of 67, 71, 72. Where did that put you on the leaderboard? Yes, I think I was either solo fourth or tied for fourth. But I think I was solo fourth. It's whatever. But I was fourth um, with a pretty good cushion. I, I figured that, you know, I was five under through three rounds, and I was playing really solid. My mindset was really good. I, I did a really good job of zoning everything out. It was my first event that felt like, 
you know, as a club pro, that's kind of our major. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a huge incentive to play well, it's just really hard to, especially for your first time, to zone everything out. There's cameras everywhere. There's people everywhere. There's people doing interviews. It's just a, you know, it's on TV all four days. I had, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of people watching and supporting me. It's so hard to zone everything out, but I was able to get into a mindset early on the first day to, to really play well. And, you know, I ended up being five under through three. And I started to think about maybe, you know, qualifying is definitely in reach, uh, <laughs> but maybe we can win this thing. Um, and that would, you know, change my life. So, um, you know, the, the first, the, the fourth day didn't start exactly how I wanted to. I started uh, bogey double bogey, bogey, double bogey. And I was quickly six over through four and uh, eventually uh, turned out to be one over the cut line. So, um, and I kind of knew in my head that even par would, would probably get it done. So I had a lot of shots to give. I just gave them all, <laughs> I gave them all back pretty early. But uh, yeah, you know, my mood changed on number five. My caddy was like, Hey man, you, you haven't had any bad holes basically all week. You know, they all just happened at once. You've played so well all week. Just just finish off strong. And it's like one of those things where I looked at myself and I'm like, you can either just kind of continue to, to crash and, and crumble and totally ruin this whole experience, or you can you can go out trying. So, you know, I just I totally changed my mood. I started smiling and laughing and, and tried to just get into a good mental state. And, uh, you know, there's something to that, Hunter. I know you obviously know this game is crazy, crazy mental, but, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's so hard to control your mind, but it's, you have to do everything you can to just be happy, be appreciative of where you are and, and know that, you know, whatever you do, at least you did it trying and, and, and in a good state. So I was able to, I mean, I was nervous as can be coming down that back nine. I knew I had nine holes left to, to try to qualify for a major championship. And, um, you know, I was really proud of the proud of the way that I was able to finish it off and and just stay strong, and that's why it was so emotional afterwards, and and just the the feeling of, you know, all that stress and anxiety just release. It was it was the greatest high you can ever have. <laughs> I can imagine, and uh, I, I've seen this I've seen this question asked uh, to you already just this past week, but I mean, it's got to be you got to feel you're 25, correct? Correct. Did you yeah. think, I mean, this is, you've been a PGA member now for three years, four years? Yes. Yeah. February of 2018. So just past three years now. So uh, in your mind, looking back, if you're, I mean, as a, when you were coming onto the, into the program, did you think you were going to be in the PGA championship at, in 2021? No, man. I mean, it, it, this, this whole goal that, that I accomplished was a, was a lifelong goal. Um, right before I got actually in my interview, uh, to get my Birmingham job, you know, the guy kind of knew I was, I was a player and he knew it was important to me, but he goes, you know, how important is it? You know, how much do you need to practice and play? I said, I'm not going to stop playing until I play in a major championship. Um, but I'll tell you right now, Hunter, I'm not going to quit playing (laughs) at this point, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's so cool to be able to do that. But I think just knowing that, you know, being at the National Club Pro, you know, on my second try being down there, uh, you know, my first time at the PPC, I was like, you know, I'd probably play in a few of these in my lifetime. What if we just, you know, if I felt freed up to just get it done the first time, mm-hmm. because if I can do that, you know, maybe it'll free me up for the next time. So it definitely has. I'm super, super 
grateful that it happened this early. Um, and now we just, uh, we got to reset our goals, I guess. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was incredible, man. The, the feeling of, of getting that done, the lifelong dream. And, uh, you know, my buddies, they all know it was a lifelong dream. They, they, uh, they, they wouldn't have missed it. So I had a bunch of buddies come down and they knew just how special that was for me. So it was, it was just a overall special, such a special week for me, my family, my friends, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, definitely. So what, what day did you get, what day did you get down there, uh, last week? So, yeah. So I got there on Saturday before the week okay. uh, of the event. So got down there Saturday, went to the beach, kind of relaxed, woke up Sunday. My caddy showed up. He, he did his COVID testing. He ran into, <laughs> he was the first one in, or second one in line at COVID tests. And he was right behind Martin Keimer. <laughs> and then he's kind of standing there. And then Dustin Johnson walks up right behind him. So, <laughs> My caddy was on property for maybe three minutes, and he met uh, Martin Keimer, Dustin Johnson, and then Bones McKay, um, obviously Phil's old caddy, and they took a picture together. And I woke up to a picture. I'm like, wow, this week is going to be incredible. <laughs> so, you know, we played nine on Sunday, 18 Monday, nine Tuesday, nine Wednesday. And, uh, you know, all the guys I met, I was able to spend four days. It kind of made me feel comfortable going to the event, you know, so. Um, I was grateful to to have a full 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 experience full week there, so it's great. Any any player that you played with that that stood out to you yeah. more, more than others? Yes. Um, Sunday I played by myself. I played the front nine. It was kind of a ghost town mm-hmm. at, the, at the time. You know, I woke I, I walked to the range on Sunday. There's Adam Scott, so there's just me and Adam Scott there. There's no there's no fans there yet, and I'm like, this is already like crazy. Like I'm hitting balls next to Adam Scott, and, <laughs> and the range, the grass is just perfect so then we kind of like spend all day we see a few guys and obviously there's still an event going down in in, in dallas so there's a lot of guys that are going to show up on monday so mm-hmm. we show up on monday and that's kind of when it hit me it was like i walked out of the locker room walked out of the clubhouse to the putting green and there's jordan spieth ricky fowler justin thomas dustin johnson phil they're all just like putting and there's probably a thousand people lining the putting green and I'm like, I, I looked at my caddy. I'm like, dude, I can't putt right now. No, <laughs> no chance I can putt right now. So uh, I'll be back in we, an hour. We tried to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's when it really, really hit me. But I was able to go play not, uh, the front nine with Omar Uresti, who won the National Club Pro yeah. down in Florida. Um, and then we were making the turn, and we saw Matt Kuchar kind of walking to the tee. And Omar and him, you know, obviously have met before. So Kuchar joined us on the back nine. I was able to play nine holes with Matt Kuchar. And then Webb Simpson uh, caught up to us on 17. So we played the last two holes with Matt, uh, Webb Simpson. And then uh, uh, Tuesday, we played, we just played the front nine, but I walked to the tee and there was Matt Wallace and uh, Ian Poulter. So that was to hear the Englishman banter all day was <laughs> incredible. My coach is English and uh, he was, he was just loving that too. So great experience there. And then uh, Wednesday we played the back nine with Ben cook and uh, Stuart Smith, a couple club pro guys. And yeah, man, it was, it was really nice to, to, cause those guys are all normal people. So yeah. to be able to talk to them, like they're normal guys, it made me feel like, you know, I'm supposed to be here with them and, and, uh, just to watch them practice. It was incredible, man. It was so, so cool. So uh, how many, and maybe, maybe it was zero shots, but how many shots on Thursday did it take you to feel like, 
like you were like loose and and not not like this you kind of you, you met the stage finally on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it actually was kind of two different feelings. The first hole, I thought I had a really good drive, mm-hmm. and it got caught up in the rough. And the rough there, it can be brutal in some spots. And they know exactly where to put that thick, <laughs> thick area. So, unfortunately, I found one in the on my first hole. Uh, I was able to get a wedge on it, but it just hooked left into a waste bunker. Then I hit the waste bunker shot over the green into another bunker. <laughs> then... I was able to put it on the green, maybe 15, 18 feet, something like that. And then I drained it for bogey. So that was like, okay, you know, it was a good putt to make, but it was for bogey. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I, I would have taken a bogey to start, you know, yeah. all good. And then the next hole I three putted, I was still feeling a little nervous. And then, uh, pardon my third hole. And then the fourth hole, number 13, I made maybe a 25 footer for birdie. And like my family and friends and a couple members were down watching me that day and, and they just erupted. And that's when it was like, all right, we're off and running. We're, we're, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to have to play really, really well to get this done. But that birdie was huge. Kind of freed me up. So kind of two different feelings making bogey in the first I was like, oh, okay, whatever. This is, you know, I expected this, but then making birdie on 13 was like, all right, here we go. Like <laughs> we're having fun now. So uh, that was kind of the two, two spots where I, I really settled in and honestly didn't feel any nerves like from there on out. That's awesome. So it was it was awesome. What uh, what were your expectations going into the week? You know, obviously, like kind of like everything in life, I don't really expect. I try to not plan my life. I try to not plan around. I try to not have any expectations, just because if you don't meet them, you're kind of bummed out. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, obviously, being in my first major, but also my first tour event period, I didn't have any expectations. I really wanted to kind of be one of the top club pros in, in the field because these 20 guys are, you know, the best, best in the best in the nation in, in club pro life. So to try to compare to them was one thing, but just trying to compare my game to, to what these tour guys do um, was really, really fun. So I, I obviously I was, you know, I was disappointed that I missed the cut and disappointed. I wasn't love club pro, but um, you know, learned a lot about, where my game is and where it stacks up and where I can get better. And, um, so, I mean, I played pretty good to shoot 12 over in two days, you know, it's easy to, to really blow up there. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy with, I, I did as pretty much as good as I could have. So some fine tuning and uh, we'll be ready for the next one. So what would you think? What, what's your biggest, Biggest difference between um, what you experienced, what was that, three weeks ago with the, the club pro championship and then a major championship? What, what difference between major championship Sunday or Friday, Thursday, Friday, and then just what you would play, whatever your summer schedule looks like, the club pro? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's totally different. I got to see three stages within, you know, six months. Mm-hmm. Like, you go from, you know, the Michigan section championship, which is huge for us, that's like our, you know, that's our major championship here in, in Michigan um, was able to make it through. And that's kind of what it felt like. I made it like, we're good. We're going to the national club, bro. This is going to be awesome. I've heard they treat you amazing there. So when I show up there, there's, you know, a couple tour trucks and the ranges is, is all, you know, they got different golf balls for you, depending on what kind of golf ball you play. You know, they're getting a bunch of tee gifts for you from Titleist and, uh, 
it really felt like a tour event. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's golf channels around and, and, you know, the golf channel announcers and broadcasters are walking around and looking for stories. And that, well, that was like, wow, this is, this is huge. Like this is, this is pretty big. And then, you know, kind of being the underdog, I guess you'd say my first one, I just was able to find a mental state that allowed me to play to my potential. And, uh, you know, obviously got through and then, you know, that released a lot of the nerves because it's like, okay, I can do this. And I'm, you know, I earned being here. So then we show up to PGA and it's just a totally different animal, dude. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's incredible, man. It's like everyone that you see on TV, you know, in terms of players, in terms of caddies, you know, these on-course reporters just all right there in one place. So to be in the middle of that was incredible. And just like, it's like you're literally living in a dream. It doesn't really still feel real. Um, you know what happened, but man, it's it's a totally different animal. I I kept to, telling my caddy, I'm like walking around the practice rooms. I'm like, dude, I want to do this every single day in my life. <laughs> you can never get used to this. So it's, it is so sweet. The range sessions had to be like I can't even imagine hitting range balls next to some of those tour players that just like the Christmas. And then oh, dude, hearing like my ball, my ball. Like, it's oh. incredible, man. I, I got to hit balls right next to JT. I think it was Monday. And, uh, wow. it, it's like these guys that spend eight, 10 hours a day trying to tweak their numbers to perfection, basically. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to dial in their spin, you know, by 50 RPMs when we're trying to dial it in by a thousand. So <laughs> like, dude, to see a ball flight, I mean, you can see the pro tracer on TV, but when you look at their ball flight in person, I'm sure you've seen it, but it is just so different, man. And that's all I can really say about it. It's just different to see a ball flight that, that basically is, is perfect in every area. The ball just flies different. It's, it's incredible. JT hidden driver. It's just like, I've never seen a ball fly the way it does off these guys' face. It's, it's it's motivating, but it's like, wow, these guys are, I mean, we know how good they are, but man, they are really, <laughs> really good. So speaking of motivator, what, what is your, what's your plan for the summer? Do you have anything that we can keep an eye out for as far as tournaments that, <clears throat> that you, that you will play in for the next count or sure. six months or so? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's been, it's been hard to, to schedule some tournaments mm-hmm. around what we've got at the club, but you know, they've been really nice to me here and understand what I'm doing, but you know, just with my top 10 finish at the PPC, I got into the final qualifying for U.S. Open. So that's huge. That's uh, my next one. It's June 7th, Monday. And uh, I think that's 36 holes in one day. And I don't know how many spots are taken, but that's a pretty cool experience in itself. To try to, to, try to get my second major in one year would be awesome. Um, and then after that, if I do qualify, I'll play in the U.S. Open the following week. If I don't, I've got the Michigan Open um, just that following week. I think it's like the 13th. So I'll be up in Traverse City for the Michigan Open, and then I'm going to do the Tournament of Champions up at Boyne, which is awesome. It'll be my first one, which is awesome. Very cool. um, and then, you know, just some of the section stuff. Obviously, our section championship, um, the – match play, the state match play, stuff like that. So I love playing in the Michigan section stuff. They do a really good job. There's a lot of good players, good competition. um, And it's just an honor to win, you know, a Michigan tournament just to put your name on a Michigan trophy is really cool. So a lot of the Michigan stuff, but super excited, looking forward to this U.S. Open qualifier coming up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Is that uh, one of the ones in Ohio? 
Yes, I haven't had my uh, my site sent to me yet. I okay. think we get them tomorrow. Um, so I'm waiting. But my first choice was Springfield, Ohio. So I think that that'll be where I'm at. Okay. Um, Springfield, Ohio, Springfield Country Club. Never been there, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. Uh, final uh, final question. You just mentioned Boyne. Uh, you and you interned. And that's actually how we know each other is you interned at Bay Harbor. What was that, like seven years ago now? Six years ago? Yeah, the summer of 2014, I think. Oh wow. My Dude, God. Seven years ago? That's insane. We're so, we're so old. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Uh, favorite uh, favorite course in the area and then favorite Boyne course in northern favorite Michigan. Favorite course in the area. Wow. Um, it could be a Michigan. Uh, do, do a Michigan, actually. You, you, got, you got the whole state to work with. Um, I really, I really, really like Orchard Lake down here. I think it's just always in great condition when I play it. Um, they do a fantastic job. They renovated a few years ago and it's just, it's so, so good. I think they should, they, they should be hosting the Michigan AM or Michigan open or do something cool like that. Cause it's a great test and always in great shape. So that's, that's up there on my list. Um, dude, there's so many good ones up North. Uh, it's so hard to pick. Um, it is so hard to pick. We've, we've Peter and I have talked about this so many times. It's it kind of just kind of depends on the day because there are totally yeah totally. But boy, I mean, Boyne does a great job. I I love the Heather up there. I think it's a great tournament course. Mm-hmm. It, you see something new every time you play it, so that's a fun one. Um, but uh, you know, everywhere up there is just, I, I just love the feeling of playing Northern Michigan golf. There's I don't think you can beat it in the summertime. You know, I tell a lot of people I travel a lot and, and have been to a lot of places and met a lot of people. I always just try to push them to, to northern Michigan, specifically Boyne, just because it's you can't beat those summer those summer mornings up there and, and playing in the trees and you know the elevation changes so good, so good. So I love Boyne and uh, you know there's so many places up there like Belvedere and and Bay Harbor and and True North and. All those places are are great. We're we're lucky to have so many great places in, in Michigan. Yeah, we sure are. So yeah, uh, Tim Pierce, thank you so much for for coming on. Dude, this was a pleasure. Speaking of golf in Northern Michigan, I uh, I expect you to come up here this summer. Find time, and you're actually my might have to come down to you, based off of your busy schedule. <laughs> busy schedule. Yeah, let's uh, let's do both of those. Uh, yeah, hopefully maybe we're on India for the either the Michigan open or, uh, or the tournament champions in late July. Hopefully we can, we can link up. Oh, perfect. Is that still out at the mountain? Yeah, they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Mountain. Yeah. I think it's July 26 to 28, something like that. All right. I'll come out and watch him. Put sounds him, good. Thanks calendar. for having me, Hunter. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it, man. Talk soon, man. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Hunter. That was great hearing from Tim. I look forward to following him the rest of the summer. Hopefully he keeps up the great play. Um, speaking of great play, I, let me quickly congratulate Traverse City Central and West who made it through their MHSAA regional in Saginaw this week, coming in first and second Saginaw Heritage was the other team to come through that regional. So they will be teeing it up in the state championship. Uh, and then there's a, some action going on, uh, today right as well on the high school front that you yeah want to update us on yeah just uh um and that was the first time both Traverse city schools have qualified for the state finals at the same time in 
at least the last decade. Um, so some pretty pretty decent scores there. They're gonna go play around down there at Tra or at uh, Forest Acres West, the the harder of the two Michigan State golf courses. Uh, and then today, Wednesday, we have uh, continuing on with the uh, the high school theme. There's a a ton of action uh, across courses that that we have played. Uh, down at Spruce Run, down at the Grand Travers Resort, we have some uh, local teams, Charlevoix, East Jordan, Gaylord St. Mary's, Harbor Springs, Joburg, Leland, Mackinac City, Rogers City, Sutton's Bay, and Wolverine. They're all playing at, uh, as I said, Spruce Run uh, today. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Spruce Run? you ever played it? Yes, I have. Um, several times, in fact. I... Actually, think it's kind of sneaky hard. Like the Wolverine is is it's it's harder than the Wolverine. Oh yeah, it's not as hard as the Bear, obviously. But right. of the three courses at the resort, resorts, the second hardest. Um, I would say the Wolverine is one of the easier golf courses in Northern Michigan. Yeah, it's I nice. Would, I would off the tee. You can oh, go yeah. really low out there. Yeah, so a Spruce Run is like it will still yield some. Like lower scores, I think I remember some guys putting up some decent numbers there, shooting in the sixties. When I was in high school, I've never played that. I've never played well there. It all seems like they kind of let the rough grow a little bit more there. Not that it's poorly maintained, but you know how it is that at, at a resort course where there's multiple eighteens, mm-hmm. uh, so they can kind of get away with growing up the rough there. And it it is it presents some some it's like a simple layout and everything most of the holes are straight ish but uh there's some elevation change there's some blind ish shots there's some it's elevated tees it, you know it's a decent test what you, what about you uh, i'm a similar boat never never fared well here because we always played that two-day tournament so you always like hung on at on spruce and then you just try to post a number on wolverine and hope hope that would be good enough because um, there's that stretch where it seems like I always started like just on 17 or 18 on the back nine. So like that stretch of I want to say it's it's three, four, and five. The uphill par four, downhill par four, uphill par four. All those three holes back are just it's tight and the landing areas are not friendly. Um, so no, I, I've never fared well there. I, I do think it's a for being a resort course, it's it's a a good test. If you're if you're scoring low out there, it's probably because you uh, are hitting it really good off the tee and hitting a lot of greens because there's like there's a decent amount of trouble. Like you can't really like scramble your way around there. I feel like, no. and then there is also um, some teams, some of the teams up closer to where you are uh, uh, playing at the Alpine. Yeah, uh, Sheboygan, who, who we've mentioned, uh, PJ Maybank, uh, him and his team are joining uh, Boyne City, Elk Rapids, Kalkaska, uh, Traverse City, St. Francis, uh, along with a few other teams more more downstate area playing at the Alpine at Boyne Mountain tomorrow. Which One of your favorite golf courses up north. <laughs> yeah, it actually, uh, I think that podcast never was, that's unreleased, but that is a, that is a top 10 golf course for me in the uh in the area i think that was north of traverse city south of the bridge yeah we did our top 10 i remember when we were testing this out maybe we should release that at some point i almost i might have to uh 
revise mine. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and listen to it. So yeah, good luck to all the uh, high school teams out there. And then we'll get you guys updated next week, obviously on where everybody stands. Do you happen to know Hunter when the state finals are taking place? I know you mentioned that West and central, the Traverse city teams were playing at forest acres West, but I don't know the dates. Uh, I would, I'd like to say, um, the 12th and 13th, if that sounds, or it could potentially be the 11th and 12th of June. Um, and then one more, um, a golf course that we have not played, uh, which we probably should mention them because it's Petoskey is they're playing at, uh, Lincoln golf club today down in Muskegon. So good luck to them as well. Yeah. June 11th and 12th is correct. Cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that stuff as well. Uh, for you guys and update you as we go along. So um, on the professional side, Brian Stewart tied for 56 at Colonial had a decent, uh, decent week. He, uh, he looks like looks to be taking the week off along with Ryan Bram, who's from Mount Pleasant also taking the week off. Joey Garber is back in action this week after uh, a week off um, on the corn ferry at the Rex hospital open where he is a, a former champion. So back at a golf course where he's had some success, he is 45 to one in some of the betting markets is the number that I have seen. So that's an update on what's going on locally here in Michigan from high school to the pros. Um, you want to talk about the Schwab? Yeah, I well, um, and you're going to have to point me in the right direction for those uh, corn fairy event odds because I looked last night. No dice. Couldn't find them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you can't. I'm getting those on DraftKings. Maybe that's why. So the DraftKings Casinos, Casino Queens Sportsbook shout out is one of the apps that I use down here. And they get me corn lines every week, baby. I will. Uh, maybe that's why. I've never. Uh, I don't think I have. DraftKings off the. You can ride me on some of these guys. I hit the I hit an each way two weeks ago on the Corn Ferry, and then I had a little bit of a sweat for a couple days with uh, Nick Hardy. I think those guys were playing at the Glen Club here in Chicago last week on the Corn Ferry. Which, by the way, congratulations to Cam Young, twenty four year old, twenty four year old Cam Young. Wire to wire, back to back, he's led. And the tour after eight consecutive rounds. That's such a silly statistic. I'm sh- I don't know that that's ever been done on any tour. So just like playing flawless golf for two consecutive weeks gets two victories and a PGA Tour card out of the deal. So also gives hope to some of those other guys that are a little bit back because I think he came from maybe the high 60s in the standings and is now obviously sure to be getting his his card, given that he's won back-to-back weeks. So while he was winning on that corn ferry, your boy, Jason Kokrak, was winning on the uh, PGA Tour. How much did that sting not to be on him since you've been riding him all spring? Yeah, I was say, he's my, my, been my boy for the last eight weeks, but not this week for some for some reason, I did not. Uh, I did not bet Jason Kokrak this weekend, which is just—it's so silly. It's one of those things where you, you you're absolutely kicking yourself on Sunday, because I have. He's been. He, I would have said, like beginning of the year, it was probably Brian Harmon who I was riding the most, but it's 
Kokrat's taking over just because he, and I guess we, we should have maybe seen this coming because he has been trending so well. His ball striking is so damn good. And the the amount of putts he was making, I mean, he, he made more putts in those four days than I've made in the last four years. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very good equation for success that he's put together. Yeah, it's from a gamble, uh, from a gambling side and a prognostication side. There's a couple lessons in Kokrak's victory. One is it ain't over till the fat lady sings, and even when you have a guy like Spieth out in front, one clear of Kokrak teeing off on Sunday, and then five clear of third, effectively playing match play one on one. Um. Not match play, but playing against one person mm-hmm. to win a trophy and can't get it done. Obviously, he said he didn't have his swing all day or whatever. And the other lesson is, ball great ball strikers when they're hot only need like one or two rounds with a hot putter to win a golf tournament. You know, like you don't have to be if you're gaining consistently tee to green. You can be field average or slightly above over the course of four days and win a tournament. It's a more predictable formula than gaining a lot of strokes around or on the greens and trying to parlay that into a, into a uh, calling that form and trying to think that you're going to ride that. That being said, I'm going to bet on Sebastian Munoz this week who gained 10 strokes putting. So obviously I'm not immune to making these mistakes, but. Kokrak is one that hurts a little bit because it feels obvious in retrospect. Yeah, it was it was crazy to see those uh, those odds that the books were given on Jordan going into Sunday. You were losing. I mean, you were it was like plus or minus one twenty for him to outright going into Sunday's round. Nobody, I don't think anybody even outside of. Well, people were clicking that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they were. I would have clicked it. If you if you told me that I had to bet, well, you know I wouldn't have clicked it, but I, <laughs> I was feeling silly for not picking Jordan, or at least pointing out the fact that they could just call the tournament the Jordan Spieth Open. This is now his second second, right? In addition to one victory, and then like uh, several other top tens. I think. I mean, like he doesn't play bad on the golf course ex- on that golf course, except for apparently. On Sunday, and he really did just not. He was like saying, "Told Dottie Pepper, I don't have my swing ball." Well, yeah, that was apparent. <laughs> so it was not like he was lying. No, um, no, I think we all saw firsthand he was certainly not lying. But still, really surprising. I'm sh- yeah, you're right. You you like the speed haters are probably saying, "See, see," just like Burke's haters were saying, "See, see, he can't win after the PGA." But, yeah, I would have. I would be a lot louder if Justin Thomas was making i don't think he's i don't think he's finished top 10 since he won the players yeah he's live this week long an irons course he just can't like he's obviously not putting well i would say if, but if we he just hits it learned, to two feet just play said, well. this is a lesson like if you like justin thomas this week you should ride him you should not let a cold putter hold you back this is a, this is an approacher golf course obviously it's a nicholas course so really it's going to bring out the irons and then it's just like you have to hit the fairway so or a high percentage of fairways so that's he can struggle he struggles there but he doesn't have to hit a driver necessarily all the time so like like with Kokrak he's not a great putter 
granted he's putting much better and that's the reason that he's been in the mix more often this year than he ever has been before. But all it takes is one or two rounds. JT makes a few putts and he shoots, you know, six or seven under at Memorial and look out. He can make nothing and shoot one or two under. He's proven that obviously. And the winning score here is not super low. No, no, that's a good point. No, and and on uh, continuing on with the colonial review, I um I thought for a second there, based off of that that start that um Jordan and Jason had on Sunday, I thought that Charlie, if Charlie he was, I think he posted thirty one ish on the on the front side. If he could have matched that on the obviously not maybe not matched it, but gotten closer on the backside, you I I, I convinced myself that there was a chance. I'm not sure if you if you got to quite to that, but I thought. Oh yeah, I talked my I talked myself into it for a minute. I thought maybe they'll back up when they were playing. They came out of the gate playing so poorly. It was like, what am I watching? Kokrak takes two out of the trap on one and two or two of the easier holes on that golf course, and they came out and they were both like they were one and two over or something like that. And it's just not pretty. Um. And obviously, Kokrak re- recovered, and and Jordan never really did, <clears throat> at least not enough. But yeah, I was watching that thinking, because I had given up. Obviously, I, I was too far back in my opinion. It was a two man race, which proved to be true in the end, anyway. But yeah, I definitely was like, I talked myself into thinking eleven or twelve could sneak into a playoff if they were going to really play that bad. But speaking of which, I should, we should disclose our. You know, let's take a look at the receipts here. I had some misses last week. I mi- I thought Kucher would play well, which that was a reach. Neiman didn't play poorly and had it going on Sunday before he backed up at the very end of, of his round, but tie 52 or whatever isn't going to cash any tickets. And I missed on Chris Kirk, but I was thankful for the Poulter top 40 and answer top 20. And then I backed up my... Uh, Hoffman outright since I did not have an each way at 40 to one with a top 20 and a top 30. So that kind of stabilized my, my week, but certainly not perfect. No, it was a uh, tough, tough week uh, for me as well. Obviously uh, I was my, my, my uh, swan song of outright was Charlie Hoffman and I actually, I doubled that. No, I didn't double. I didn't double down. I, I rebet. Went back to the well on Friday night, thinking after that really good round he played on on Friday. I go, oh, he's got a, he's got a decent chance. I think he was only three ish, three or four back at that point. Um, you love doing that. <clears throat> oh, love it. Oh yeah, no big time. That's, that's what kind of a number were you getting right then? I don't even want to tell you. You'll laugh and, in my face. Uh, you overpaid by a mile. Oh, I'm it was sure. like it was like seventeen. I think it was 17. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't impressed with myself at that. You moment. already had a 42. Yeah, what's what's 17. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was also on Neiman. I did think he, I mean, this is the first time he's finished outside the top 50 and like since, since he's been on the tour. That's not, I don't, think, I don't think that's an accurate, accurate stat. Memorial's a, Memorial's a great fit for him. He might be, he might be right back in the freaking winner's circle this week. Yeah, and then uh, as I um, as I threatened Ryan Palmer last week, I think uh, the membership committee will be after him. Um, 
if he can't finish top 30 at his home course. I'm not sure why he should be able to be a member at Colonial anymore. So um, membership committee be on the lookout for Ryan Palmer because he can't finish top 30. And then I think I was also a Matt Wallace, um, <laughs> which was just not a good pick. <laughs> not much more. Just green sh- you need to screenshot all our stubs and post them on Twitter. Maybe if we keep track of our own losses, we'll be a little more careful with the picks that we give out. Well, it's actually one of the, um, not to get too far off track, but three or four years ago before legal sports betting, what you had to use, there was no really way of like a good way of keeping track of what your, what your net total was. That's why I love FanDuel because it's like it's right there. So you always see like, you, 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 it's much easier to keep track now with with uh, sports books the way they are in, in twenty twenty. You mean just like you're running tally, your balance? Yes, exactly. More or less. Yes. Yeah, and like yeah. transactional report. Well, let's make some money on the memorial, huh? You want to get into the preview? Yeah, yeah. I have so many tickets. All right, um, memorial in the Midwest, baby. Yeah, playing some championship level golf at Muirfield Village, Jack Nicholas. Design, 7,500 yards, approximately par 72. A lot of interesting stuff to get into in regards to the golf course because last year was unique. We played the workday one by Colin Morikawa at 19 under at Memorial, and then a week later played the or at Muirfield, and a week later played the Memorial at, at the same golf course, and the winning score was 10 strokes lower with John Rahm hoisting that trophy. On top of that, Rahm was followed around in the final group by maintenance workers who were literally tearing up the golf course as after he was putting out um, so that they could rebuild the whole thing. Um, which, uh, you, thank you for sharing that video that I think if you go to the PGA Tour's Instagram? Yes. Instagram? Yep. Yep. You can see Jack talking through some of the changes and they do some good visual representations of what he's talking about with some overhead shots, the new golf course and the old golf course. Uh, what I, after watching that, what I said in the, to you earlier still stands in my opinion, which is this golf course is still going to bring out the same type of player, regardless of these changes. It looks like he's tried to kind of Bryson proof it, if you will, meaning move the bunk fairway bunkers and, and the difficulty off the tee into the modern landing zone, which continues to extend and, st- and extend while also moving some of the tees back. This is still a driver's paradise, so I don't know. Like Bryson's probably still going to gain strokes off the tee, even despite that. I still like Bryson at 18 to 1 here. This is obviously a good golf course for him, given his history. But I, I would just say, in regards to the golf course, probably not going to play quite as difficult as it did last year when Nicholas seemed almost like upset by how low the winning score was at the workday and he wanted to sort of take it out on him on, on, uh, and the following week, I mean, Rom shot 41 on the back and won. The golf course was obviously can be very difficult. I expect this winning score to probably be more consistent with 
previous years. The last year will be more of an outlier. So, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, 12 to 12 to 15, maybe something in, the, in that neighborhood. So still one of the tougher courses on tour for a regular event. Um, would you agree with that, that it's still going to bring out the same type of, like we're still looking for the same profile of player, which is somebody who's to- has good as a good total driving, like a good player off the tee, though not necessarily a bomber, um, like a Keegan Bradley, Abraham Answer type guys who hit lots of fairways and hit at a decent distance, and then good with long irons. Yeah, that, that kind of seems like what the <clears throat> from from what I took from that video, it was it was nothing, no major um altercations to the golf course it looks like there was uh as you mentioned to um quote-unquote bryson proof it there are that he added some um whether he added fairway bunkers or he moved fairway bunkers 20 30 yards down the fairway to where the landing area is now and he would he would take the tees he took the tees and moved them back no more than 10 15 yards in places just changed changed the sight lines a little bit, and, and it seems like he he also changed um, changed quite a few greens around to to allow for a few more hole locations. Where in some spots where it may have been lacking previously, there's only two or three really good pin locations. He's gotten into now where he feels confident there's there's a good set of four crossed. Um, and the that, greens have. Go ahead. The greens have got the greens have gotten larger, which will either put more of a premium on, or potentially slightly less of a premium on a, uh, approach proximity and more on potting. But this is to, to think that this is like a putter's. I I just don't think that that changes the. It changes it for the players in really small ways, like the breaks on the greens and things like that might not look the same. The greens may not feel as familiar. So maybe course history won't bear itself out quite as much, but in terms of the profile of the player, I think it's going to be the same. I'm still riding Streelman. You know, I still like the history that exists here, even with the renovations. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Um, It'll be, it'll be interesting to see the typically when you, especially in the Midwest, I'm, I'm curious to know what kind of, what kind of grass they're using. I mean, it's to, to rebuild and I don't know how many greens they re, I think, I don't think it was every single one of them, but to, to rebuild all these greens in less than, um, less than 12 months. I'd be curious to see how bouncy they are. Um, I've played courses where you're, you're, you're a year and a half removed and you can still tell they're a little firm and then. Um, but he part of the reason he did this was to put in whatever that underground stuff is. Oh, he did the um, oh, okay, it's the same thing that Augusta has, yeah. What's that thing? I figured you would know what that's called. Well, you worked at a golf course, yeah. I worked in a a golf shop, not across the road in maintenance. Um, it's called uh, (laughs) you uh, should be aware of this. Oh, well, I think you should do it too. I, I should, but it's I should, uh, but it's like something right. I sprung it on you. Not fair. Not fair. This half and probably 90% of the people that are listening to this know what we're talking about. So we should just shut up and move on. But that should theoretically, Sub-air that technology. should mean that the golf Sub-air course is technology. fine. I think 
Yeah, you no, know, it'll just be interesting to see. I, I mean, I, I given given the fact that it, it is Muirfield, they have, I'm sure, all the staff they need. They have all the state of state of the art yeah, technology. They'll be. I think they'll they'll manage just okay. So, do you have guys that you knowing that we're targeting good drivers, long irons, form, and we like some of the some of the history? Should I go through the odds board and yeah. then we can get to picks? Yeah, yeah. Run through the top of the odds board and see what see what we're so looking this at. Is, this this may have changed, and there is quite a bit of difference from book to book. Um, <clears throat> Rom is eleven to one as the favorite. Hovland and Justin Thomas are second favorites at fourteen to one. Then it's Cantlay, who's had great success here. Morikawa obviously won the workday. Xander and Spieth at sixteen. Deshambo seemingly underpriced at eighteen. Finau all the way up to twenty. I know several people who have tickets in the 30 range, which I think is a pretty good number. He has great history here. Corey Connors, Hideki, 25. Matthew Fitzpatrick, who I think was who top five here last year, may have even been third when it was really, really tough. 28. Neiman and Reed, 33. I do like Neiman's skill set here. Horschel, 40. Keegan Bradley is 45 to 1 to win the Memorial. Unbelievable, along with Cam Smith. Grillo Hoffman, Lowry Streelman are 50, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler all the way up to 55 with Gary Woodland, who's kind of interesting on this golf course, I think. Bazudenhout, Henley, Sung Jay, Todd at 66, Day and Scott at 70, Sink Leachman, Siwoo Kim, Cameron Tringali, Matt Wallace, 80 to 1, Matt Kuchar, Bubba, 90 to 1, Doug Gim, Glover, Gooch, Homa Jones, Chris Kirk, Alex Noren, and Harold Varner. Round out the players at, uh, under 100, all at a 100 to 1 on the number. I cannot Ooh. believe Patrick Cantley is priced lower than Bryson DeChambeau. I don't care if Patrick Cantley has won here five straight years. <laughs> I don't care. 16 to 1. What? <laughs> what are we doing here? And there might be some variety book to book on that, but I've seen... There's some really interesting, like that stands out. Obviously, that's kind of a history thing. Mm-hmm. I like Cantley this week. I'm not obviously not betting 16 to one. I did bet Bryson at 18 because I thought that that's a really <clears throat> good number for him on a golf course that, where he's had success and it's important uh, to drive the ball well. I also think it's worth noting that I was iffy on that because of his iron play being suspect this year. And then I looked. Is putting and driving is just phenomenal. But you had to hit long irons here, good. So I looked at the season stats. Not the most precise way to look at this. I should have looked at a last 24 rounds or something. But anyway, he was third on tour and approaches over 200 yards, which shocked me. And maybe that has to do with the length of his irons being all the same or whatever. He's he's gaining in his longer irons what he's losing with his shorter irons, which has not never been a huge strength of his, maybe, but. Um, I, that, that made me more confident in backing Bryson this week at 18. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't dislike, I don't dislike that pick. I, I can't those odds though, for those first, what is that? Six guys. 
they're pretty I know I know Rom just won here last year and his form is but the field is the field's too good to to take Rom at eleven to one. Yeah, any of those guys. I mean I think I think the Bryson's the first guy you come across so you go, okay, I think that that There's checks out value. with with the value and um yeah. the the course they're playing and the type of player you need to be successful at this course. But those first six guys, my goodness. Yeah, the next one that I think you come across that is interesting from a value standpoint is Neiman. I am not betting him, but I think his number has drifted a little bit because he was only so-so. He's 17 for 17 made cuts. It's crazy. I mean. He's a machine. Absolutely. And like machine. he hits tons of fairways and hits it very straight and is good all the way through his bag. So I don't see. I'm hard-pressed to think that he's not going to be somewhat of a factor this this week maybe he's a better finishing position bet if you can get a decent number but then the next guy that who stood out to me from a value standpoint gary woodland is pretty interesting and 55 is a decent number here but i like i ended up going with sung jm in this range at 66 because i like he was 65 when i got him a pga ticket he played great. He played fine. He almost won. Uh, not really. I mean, he was in contention to, through the front nine on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Why do I think that he's going to play bad at, at, at poorly at Memorial? I, I I don't really. I think this long irons and straight driving, consistent, lowish winning score uh, is good for him. So I picked that up. I like Matt Wallace at 80. Uh, he was like fourth here last year, I think. And it seems to be like it would be a really good golf course for him. And then uh, in terms of outrights, this is not – long shots is such a great field that I think long shots are not a super great play here. But this is a tournament that historically can generate like some breakthrough type of winners. Uh, Sebastian Munoz, I mentioned towards the top, like 125 to one, I think is probably fair. I liked it enough to click it coming off a good week. This course should be a little better for him than I think colonial. He's not going to gain 11 strokes again, but uh, maybe he can do more with his ball striking this week and not rely so much on the putter. But he's a guy that tends to sort of flash play really well for a few weeks, kind of fall back a little bit, come back. So I'm hoping maybe I'm hitting him on the upswing here. And then, I also took a finishing position on this guy, but I thought this number was not correct, which is 150 to one on Cameron Davis, who's phenomenal with his driver. He's great with his long irons. Australian. He's having a really solid year. Um, he's a guy that I think a lot of betters and gamblers probably know and are aware of and the guys who play daily fantasy, but the average tour fan probably doesn't know who this guy is, but he is full of potential. Um, and really this golf course should suit him. So 150 to one with an each way on both him and Munoz, Munoz at 125. And then I also have Cam Davis to top 40 is plus 150. I like that Cam Davis number plus 150. That's really good. He's kind of, he's sort of more of an outright play, but I happen to be just particularly bullish on him this week. Cause I think the form is good enough. And uh, 
this golf course should really suit him. Like this is a good, this is a good track for him. Mm -hmm. Well, as, as you, uh, as you are aware, I, um, I'm retired from outright betting, uh, in for one week. No, 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 no. You'll be back. No, several weeks, several. You're not going to place an outright bet at Torrey Pines. Heck no. Heck no. I'm done. I'm absolutely wow. done. Wow. Um, I, so. I thought you did a golf gambling podcast. Am I mistaken about that? I do do a golf. Yeah. You can, you can keep losing your outrights. We hit one. I, I like, <laughs> I don't like hitting one on every 40. That's not good enough. I need to hit more like uh, three, wow. three out of five. Wow. You're selling me short. It was not that long ago we hit Sam Burns at eighty to one. That's true. That's true. And, and Joel Damon wasn't far behind at 40, yeah. 40, 42 to one. Well, it was forty six. Forty six. Forty five. Yeah. So, so no, I just uh, no. There's just uh, different strokes, different folks, sort of thing. So I so got who's your finishing position? My finishing positions this week. Who so we have mentioned? Uh, we mentioned his name a couple times already. Just on this preview is uh, Gary Woodland. He was uh, he finished top twenty five last uh, last year at the at the this edition of the tournament, so the Memorial. Um, he is plus one fifteen to top forty. I I like that number. I think he uh, hits it uh, far enough and straight enough to contend here. We'll see if he's making any putts. And then uh, Charlie Hoffman, who obviously we did not. Uh, we did not cash that ticket last weekend, but I I like him a lot to top thirty at plus one twenty five if he can hit his driver just just somewhat straight, just decently decently straight. I see uh, I see some serious value at, at plus um, plus one twenty five. His form is uh, absolutely phenomenal. And then outside, that's a good number too because I have that at plus one ten. Yeah, no, I, I I do like that number. So that's on that's on FanDuel, and then um, you mentioned uh, Kevin Streelman. I will be on him. I just have to check and see what the numbers are if I'm going to go top thirty or top forty. And then uh, my last pick, who uh, Billy Horschel, he played well uh, last week on Sunday, even on the weekend, uh, was never really in contention uh, given the nature of the tournament, but he uh, he did play well, and then he also played well last year at this tournament i believe he was top 15 yeah he was t13 last year at plus one and there was only there was only nine guys under par last year 10 guys so yeah i don't think it's gonna play quite like that no no so i i I do like billy had to make a few more birdies that's why i think guys like cam davis and munoz can come into play maybe here Mm -hmm. so those those are kind of my 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 four picks that i i like just uh just finishing positions you know what we're uh i think it's for for the that's best for for myself and my sanity to stay away from outrights for well we're both on Hoffman and Streelman yep so those can't possibly hit well Gary Woodland I'm on too. Streelman to chop thirty plus one ten I love his form and his history hell I wouldn't be totally surprised if he won here he's not gonna make my outright card but I think he's a solid bet and a pretty good DraftKings play. I'm on Hoffman plus 110 to chop 30. I second what Hunter said. He needs to hit his driver in the fairway. From there. Even sometimes. Not as it have to be every time. Yeah. Just, like just a, hit 60% of the fairways. 50, hit go 55. 8 of 14. I like that. If he can go 8 to 14, he could probably do some serious damage. Good with all the irons all the way through his bag. He's one of those guys that ranks well 175 to 200, 200 plus. 
I mentioned I'm on Cam Davis to top 40 plus 150. It's a sick number. And then I'm also on Emiliano Grillo to top 30 at even money. Exactly the kind of player I'm targeting this week. Steady ball striker. Just give me medium putting. Shoot. Six to ten under. You're going to comfortably be inside the top 30 uh, over four days. And then my favorite long shot type of finishing position play, plus 163 to top 40, Mr. Kyle Stanley. Shot six under last week at Colonial. Has good history at Memorial. Again, that is the player. Keegan Bradley, Abraham answer type of player. Hit me lots of fairways. Hit me lots of greens. Don't three-putt. Already the par fives. Shoot a couple under a day. Don't make any big numbers. Streelman, Hoffman, uh, Grillo, Stanley, they're all in that category. Granted, I like Bryson on the outright because of the talent, the history, and the value. Mm -hmm. He's not exactly that kind of a player, but He's his own. He is his own type of player. So I just like him when he's at a good value. Uh, so that's 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 kind of how things are going to shake out for me this week. I think. No, I'm excited. I, uh, this is one of my favorite. I think this is for me a top top seven or eight event for the year. So yeah, I like Bay Hill a little more than this. Mm-hmm. Um, even though this one's in the Midwest, and I hate Florida golf, but. That's that. That's um, the reason for me, right there. You just said it. So it's cool to see this, you know, even though it's in Ohio. I mean, say what you will about the state of Ohio. Uh, Jack Nicholas also went to Ohio State, but I still prefer they play it in Ohio than in Kansas. So it is what it is, um, and it's a great golf course in terms of bringing out elite players and also players who are either, you know, like a Kyle Stanley or like Ben on got it. I think got into a playoff here, you know, like if you can ball strike, you don't have to make that, that many birdies. So it gives us hope for the Sebastian Munoz and Cam Davises of the world. Exactly. All right, Hunter. Third time's a charm. Thanks for bearing with me. Yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we we apologize that there's probably about a 24 hour delay on this uh, on this podcast release. But it it as and thanks said, of course third to Tim. Charm. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but thanks of course to Tim Pierce yes. for joining us earlier in today's episode. So good luck at the memorial, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. See you guys.